You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. I've been ministering for several weeks now about the power of how you think. And one of the things I have progressively said is that whenever you take a thought and you keep it captured in your mind for long enough, uh, it creates an emotion which goes into your subconscious. And that's where faith operates in the heart of a man. If we're going to have mountain-moving faith, we have to make sure our faith is not just in our head, but it is in our hearts. And it's so important because the way that you think is the way that you attract. And today I'm going to be sharing some things about attitude, how that affects your life, how you think. But, but one of the things I want to mention here to start with is this. When you first come to Christ, one of the things that happens to many people is they begin to believe God for this or believe God for that. And that's what Christianity is about, is getting God's assistance to help our family, our lives. And sometimes, though, we get to a place where we start to ask for things that we don't feel we are worthy of or things that we just feel, well, you know, I'm not good enough to receive that. And what I've brought out, which is a wonderful truth, is that the worthiness aspect was all imparted to us when we received Christ. When Jesus went to the cross for you and died on that cross and his sins were put on his body and God raised him up, God imparted to us his worthiness, his righteousness. And when you begin to have faith in who you are in Christ, there's absolutely nothing that is too good for you to receive. And so this series is, is about that, not only to believe, but to become the person that you feel like, I can, you know, I can receive this. Because in Christ, there's absolutely nothing that is outside of your right. The Bible says there is no good thing that God will withhold from the righteous. And when you have the righteousness of God, there is no good thing that he will withhold. But I'm going to show you today in this lesson that your attitude is a factor. You know, people say, oh, I can't help my attitude. Yes, you can. Your attitude is created by the way you think. Negative thinkers have negative attitudes. Positive thinkers have positive attitude. It just kind of works that way. But here's one of the things that I want you to see from the verse. Put it up on the screen here, and I'll sh show this to you. Listen to this verse. It says, sing, O barren, you who have not bore. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married. Woman, says the Lord. Now watch this next part. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let, the, let, the, uh, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. In other words, what he's saying is, I want you to ask big. I don't want you to have small thinking and small requesting. I want you to expand what you believe that God can do for you in your life. The measure of happiness is connected to the measure of God's blessing in your life now I'm not talking financially here I'm talking about the measure of happiness comes from the measure of the joy of the Lord 
It comes from the measure of love in your life. It, it comes from measure of that. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't prosper. He does. But what you need to understand is when you think small and ask small, you're not allowing God to bring you to that level where you, get your, where you live in your fulfillment. You live in your blitz of what God has done in your life. He said he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. He didn't say he came to give him just enough life. He said more than enough life. Amen? So what I want you to take from this, and it's really important you see this, is that without a winning attitude, you're never going to ask for a lot. You're always going to be in that place where you ask for too little. Years ago, I, when, this is many, many years, about 30 years ago, I went out and I was with a, a missionary and a missionary in the Philippines, and we were in a 7-Eleven store, and we were playing a pinball machine. And we had spent $20 on this pinball machine. And I remember the missionary felt bad that he had spent that much money because he had been a missionary. And that's what I'm talking about. Many times we measure what we should deserve to receive based on what we think we deserve. When Christ gives to us, not based on what you've earned or the goodness of your life, it comes from the goodness of Christ-like. And when you begin to identify with who you are in Christ, man, everything changes. Then you're able to believe because you're not getting it because you were so good. You're getting it because God's so good. And you're able to receive it in your life in a great way. But let me give you an illustration that will help some of you get a good positive attitude. Remember your mind thinks thousands of thoughts every day. But the, the thing that makes the difference between a positive thinker and a negative thinker is imagine like this. Imagine your mind as a manufacturing place. And in it are two foremen. One we're going to call Negatron. The other we're going to call Victor. And whatever foreman you give attention to, if you give attention to Negatron, he's going to produce more and more negative thoughts within the manufacturing thing. And the sad thing about it is if you give attention too much, he begins to use up all the space in your warehouse. And there's no room for positive thinking in your warehouse. But if you were to give attention to the victor, he's going to begin to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply until there's hardly any space left for Negatron and his production. And so here's the point. I want to be at a place where I'm more positive than negative. Because faith will never ask for a lot when you're in a negative state. But when you're in a positive state and you've got a good attitude, your faith will go through the roof. You'll begin to, your love will reach farther than you ever imagined. It's kind of like the way that I treat my grandkids. My wife says I spoil the grandkids. That's because I love my grandkids and I like to bless them. Can you say amen? God loves you and loves to bless you. But you've got to see yourself the way that God sees you or you won't be able to receive the blessing that you need from God. Say amen. amen. Say it with me. I am God's favorite, no doubt about it. If anyone's going to get blessed, it's me. If anyone's going to prosper, it's me. If anyone's going to get healed, it's going to be me. If anyone's going to go over the top, it's going to be me because I am God's favor. There's a, a significant power in that. 
Now, I'm going to make a statement, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I need to tell you this. The kind of people who never change personally are the kind of people who are negative thinkers or people with bad attitudes. You'll never change personally with a bad attitude, but you'll change very fast with a positive attitude. And here's the mistake many of us make. We think we can ask for big things without changing who we are. We think that who we are right now can ask for a big thing and that big thing will get to you. No, you have to become that person for the big thing, that person in Christ to be able to receive the big thing. And so you have to change your personality to adapt to the level of increase that you're asking for or you're going to miss out on what God has for you because you have to be the person. Like I said before, uh, when the checks are handed out, they're, they're handed out to a certain person. That person in Christ, if you're not, wow, if you don't have a revelation of that, you're not going to be able to receive it the way you want. Amen. So I can't really change when I have a negative perspective. Just not going to work. Now, let me, let me show this to you from this standpoint. Imagine a young man. He's a Christian. He's following God. And he finds in his life that he has a mediocre mentality concerning himself. He doesn't think he's anything special. He doesn't think he's anything significant. And that's kind of the way he is. And so he gets married and he gets a mediocre job that just pays just enough. And what happens is he starts struggling. Saying, Lord, I need more money for my family and whatever. And his wife's a good wife. She, she, she doesn't complain because she's a Christian and she knows he's working and all this stuff. And, uh, but yet she feels guilty that she can't give her kids what they need. She can't buy them the new shoes they need this year. She can't send them to camp because it's too much money. And she can't do a lot of the things that she knows is needed for the kids, not to mention the fact they don't have near enough money to send them to any universities that they might want to go to when they get older. So she feels guilty. So he struggles with this, and he struggles with it, and he struggles with it. Until one day, this guy was into sales, until one day he got this revelation. He said, no one is going to believe in me until I believe in myself. And as soon as he gets this revelation that the reason why he's not selling more the reason why he's no, not productive is because he doesn't believe in himself. Now, a lot of people have a problem with that, believing in yourself. But listen to me carefully when I say this to you. Faith is two-sided. We trust God. Amen? But we also have to have faith in the faith that God gave us and also have faith in our ability to believe. If you don't have your faith in your ability to believe, you're not going to be able to do what God told you to do. You're not going to be able to, it won't work. You won't have that kind of faith. And I think about that and I think of the two blind men that went to Jesus one time. They go to Jesus and they said, uh, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He says that we might see. And then he said this to him. He said, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, we believe. In other words, if they didn't believe they had the ability to believe, 
They never would have received the, the blessing. Some of you got to rise up and say, I, got, I need to start believing in my ability to believe. I need to start believing in my ability to come out of this mess. I need to start believing that I can make more money. I got to start believing that I'm better than this. I, I got to start believing in that so that God can minister through the individual. There's so many people that have such a low esteem of themselves and what they can do that it's hard for God to work through them and help them because what God gave them, they don't have any faith in. So I'm telling you right now, praise God, I want you to, you, God gave you a measure of the God kind of faith, the kind of faith that created the worlds. You have the ability to believe your way out of that mess. You have the ability to come out of that depression. You got the ability to get healed. You got the ability to do greater than you did before. Come on, everybody. You got the ability. You just need to believe for it. But if I have a, a losing attitude where I'm just negative all the time. Whenever I look at a problem, all I see is what's worse. I don't see the solution. I don't see that. I become unteachable. And I want you to hear this. You'll always lose the full reward when you got a negative attitude. You'll, always lose. You'll never get the full reward when you have a negative attitude. But when you've got a positive attitude, you're always going to receive the best that is available when you have that positive attitude in your life. And if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You know, a woman doesn't have to look at you and say something. All they have to do is look at you a certain way, and you know what's going on. And we, come on, guys. That's what happens afterwards. We say, are you all right? And you know they're not all right. They're not all right with you. You screwed up. You did something wrong. You didn't have the attitude that you should have had. And you lost the reward that would have happened. I remember when we first got married. And this after the kids came into the scene. And uh, I remember my wife would say, you're going to go to the school tonight? They're having a play. And the last thing in the world I want to do is go to a play with a bunch of little kids. That Anyway, praise the Lord. But I knew that if I said, no, I, I'm not going tonight, that would be it. I'd be in the trouble. Wouldn't sleep on the couch, but just pretty much the same. Amen? So I would go to it, and there was a few times I went, and I had a bad attitude. When I got home, I thought I'd get some rewards. Instead, I got a cold sandwich. Instead, I got those staring eyes. Amen. See, I lost everything because I didn't have a good attitude about it. Isn't that right? Now, you think, let's go a little farther with this. I remember the first time my wife said to me, hey, do you want to go shopping with me? I need to pick up some things. I said, oh, well, sure. I'd love to go with you. And uh, she said, I, I want to pick up this one thing. And I go there, and all of a sudden, I realize something. Wait a minute. She's over here looking here and there. And I said, hey, baby, we already talked. You said you had to pick up this. And we're not even close to this. <laughs> this is on the other end of the store there. What's going on here? And, and, and she informed me that when she goes shopping, she's also looking for other things that she might need. In other words, she's multitasking. Women, and they're multitasking. <laughs> and I remember... Having a bad attitude. 
having a bad attitude. And I put in the time shopping, came home, expected some rewards, said, baby, can you make me a cheese sandwich? Make it yourself. No rewards. I was grounded. Amen. But then I learned, okay, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to have to have a positive attitude. Now, guys, that's exactly why no, you're not being invited shopping anymore. <laughs> Your wife says, hey, I don't need no ball and chain when I go to the mall. I need freedom, praise God. But no, it's all right, honey. You just stay home, watch the game. I won't be that long, praise God. They're trying to be sweet, but they know what you're like. They can't stand it, and your attitude sucks. Now, I'm saying all that because that's in the natural. Amen? On your job with a bad attitude, you won't give your best. With God with a negative attitude, you won't see the best. If you're willing and obedient, you shall do. Eat the good of the land. That doesn't mean that you get the best food. It means everything that's good. The best transportation, the best homes, the best vacation, the best wages, the best, come on, all that. That's what I mean. If, if you're what? Willing and obedient. Willingness has to do with a winning attitude that you're ready to do it. Praise God. You're not grumpy about it. You're not thrown over all this. Now, I'm going to give you something that will help you sustain that good attitude. Are you ready? Not just change your thinking, but you have to change your body language. Body language. You know what it's like when your wife or someone rolls their eyes back or raises the tone of their voice or just, you know, that kind of stuff. You haven't really changed your attitude until your body language changes. You got to smile. You got to stand up straight and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Got to do that. That is how you get that attitude to stick. But it's not going to stick just because you say, okay, I got a good attitude. No, you're frowning, you're sitting, you're slumped over, you're drooling at the mouth. You don't have it yet. You got to add some works to your thinking. Your works is to change your body language. Cheer up, shout to the Lord. Come on, get your slide back in your glide. I don't know why people get saved sometimes in some churches. The people seem so joyless and bad attitudes and all that. And you talk to them, oh, Lord Jesus, the end is coming. I don't, man, you better buy some food, put it downstairs in the cupboard and store it up, praise God. But I'll die for the sign of Jesus and I refuse the sign of the beast. Come on, man. Jesus came to save us and to give us more life. I'm not going out in fear. I'm not going out being negative. I'm going to go out singing songs of praise. That is contagious with people when they really see a, not a fake faith, but real joy. 
real uh, peace. I love, you know, people, they think of Jesus and his teaching. They don't realize the Bible says in God's presence is the fullness of joy. Jesus had the presence of God without measure. Wherever he went, there was joy. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that Jesus moved with compassion because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Jesus felt their pain, felt their need when he prayed for people. Man, when you got around Jesus, what, what, what in the world is this? It's the presence of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's what every one of us desire. Amen? Amen. So... This attitude thing is critical. You'll never esteem people to the level you need to without a positive attitude. Guys, remember that verse that says, dwell with your wife in an understanding way? And that, no, let's wait, wait. I'm not done. Dwell with your wife in an understanding vessel. Vessel. Or a, 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 you messed me up. Dwell with your wife in an understanding way as a weaker vessel. And it mentions weaker vessel. A lot of, lot of uh, women don't like that I'm not weaker. Weak doesn't mean you're valueless. It means you're more valuable. Let me explain. Now, some of you ladies don't want to understand this because you're too young. But when I grew up, women all had to have a china closet with expensive china in it. Now, that china was fragile. It'd break easy. The dishes I ate with most of the time were those plastic ones. You could play Frisbees with them. They'd be fine. But the ones that were of the greatest value were the fragile ones. A woman's value is off the chart. Very valuable. It's, it's like a very expensive painting. A very expensive painting, you don't just hang it up in the garage. You hang it up at the best part of the, of the house and you have to keep the temperature just right because oil paints will literally, you know, you'll wreck the painting if you don't. And you have to, you have to, and you can't put it in sunlight all the time so it exposes. Women are, are like that. They're very valuable and they need to be cherished in value. But you're not going to do that if you're a negative thinker. Because all you're going to see is the negative side of what your wife did wrong or the negative side of what your husband did wrong. And you're not going to be able to love them the way Christ loves you. Do you ever notice that when God saved you, he didn't say, I've been looking at your uh, application for heaven. And to tell you the truth, you're kind of averaging the average. But I may make an exception to bring you into heaven. As long as you do a few things that I tell you to do, he doesn't do that. He, he brings you in. He don't care if you're on the F section. He don't care if you've messed up a thousand times. He loves you. He believes that his power can change you and you can become someone great in him and you can accomplish everything that God has called you to do in your life. He believes that. And so you got to be a positive thinker. To really walk in that and really have your faith soar to the level that you want to. Are you with me so far? I know it's, it's a struggle sometimes because we have this tendency oftentimes to go in the wrong direction. But though your attitude affects your perspective. 
Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this. He said, the, the, the eye is the lamp of the body. The way you see things will either fill you full of light or they'll fill you full of darkness. So if your attitude is not right, it's going to produce within you destructive things rather than great blessings. And here's, here's the key. Did you ever notice in our culture right now, a lot of people's health issues are, are popping up? Jesus said in the last days that men's hearts would fail. We're seeing that everywhere. People with heart conditions starting to pop up. Where'd that come from? Never had that before. Because anxiety will in fact affect your health. And here, here's the thing you need to understand. If you're a positive thinker, life will not be, uh, it'll not be heavy. It won't be a heavy burden when you're a positive thinker. If you get negative and start thinking negative that day, it's like carrying a ball, of, a, a ball and chain, dragging yourself through work, dragging yourself home. It, it's, it becomes a very heavy experience to go through life. In fact, I'll say this. When you got a negative attitude, it's like trying to sled without any snow under the sled. It's tough sliding. And a lot of you, it's tough sliding simply because you're allowing your mind to think in a way that is bringing these negative feelings in your life. What you need to do is renew it to the word and commit to thinking in line with scripture all the time to keep your attitude at the place that your faith will reign. Amen? And let me make a statement at this point, because this will help you. A lot of people are negative because there's guilt in their life. The guilt is the reason why they're negative. When you feel guilty all the time, what happens is it causes you to have a negative attitude because you're expecting bad to happen to your life rather than good to happen to your life. If you're guilty, you're guilty of something. Amen? And punishment's around the corner. And a lot of people live like that. But I, got to, I, I want to give you some good news here. The Bible says that you can reign in life through Christ's righteousness. When I came to Christ, I was saved because I believed on Jesus. I, what, my sins were not forgiven because I remembered all of my sins. I wasn't forgiven because I had a list of everything I did wrong. And I said, Lord, here's the list. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I was forgiven because I simply believed on Christ. And everything was blotted out. Everything was removed. In the book of Acts, the first sermon that was preached on grace, Peter was asked by the people, what should we do to be saved? And you know what he said to them? He said, I want you to repent. Repent of what? They weren't believing that Jesus was the Messiah. Once they repented of that, he says, you're going to receive the remission of sins. In other words, all your sins are going to be forgiven. Without anyone reciting every sin that they committed, they simply believed. When you believe on Christ, whoo, man, God removes those sins. So here's the struggle. It isn't so much God won't forgive you, it's you won't forgive yourself. 
If you would just forgive yourself because you've been forgiven, you wouldn't have that guilt driving you and, and, and tormenting you in your life. You, you'd be able to overcome it. Can you, can you follow me so far? I know you messed up. I know you did this. I know this happened. I know you hurt that person. I know you knew better, but you still did it. But I'm telling you, you can't overcome when you got guilt dominating in your life. You got to cash in on, on your salvation. Now, you think about it for a minute. The Bible says once we die, we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ at the end of the age. And it says that we're going to appear before him without sin. In other words, sin is not going to be in this discussion. I don't know anyone that has died that has asked God to forgive every possible sin that they had committed. I don't know anybody that had remembered that big a list. And many people die when they don't expect to die. And yet all those individuals will stand before God and he won't bring up one thing that has to do with sin in their life. He, he's going to reward them for their faith. He's not going to punish them for their sin because he punished Jesus on the cross of Calvary for all of our sins. Praise God. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So just bury the guilt Forgive yourself and see yourself in Christ. And then the grace you need to live right, will you, you'll receive. In other words, you can change your life, but you need God's grace to do it. You don't do it first and then get the grace. You get the grace to change. And that's good news. Amen. Now look at this verse up on the screen. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 3. Put it up on the screen. No, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hand, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. So notice what happens. Our works are going to be evaluated by our faith. Now, this is really important. This means in the life to come, we get an eternal reward for anything that we did in faith here. I told you in the beginning that you need to ask for bigger things. Because as you ask for bigger things and God comes through and manifests in this life, that guarantees you in the life to come, you get an eternal reward. During the millennium reign of Christ, there are going to be people that are going to be blessed with authority over five cities, ten cities, and there are going to be people that don't have authority over anything because it's all determined by what you do in this life. So I say, let's ask big. Let's believe big as a church. Let's not believe small. Let's believe that God will make you all millionaires and billionaires. So that we can build a church anywhere we want. We can have send a missionary everywhere we want. So that we can do everything that God has called us to do and reach the world for Jesus Christ. Let's think big. Let's ask big. Let's see God come through in a mighty and a powerful way. Yeah. He desires that. Now, in closing, I'm going to give you something here that it's going to be hard on some of you as I minister this to you, but... It's the process of change. 
whenever you change, there's going to be a state of feeling uncomfortable. Now, let me explain what I mean by a state of feeling uncomfortable. We're all our feelings are based on our past, what we've went through. If you have a loser's disposition, it's probably things in the past that you've experienced. And during that time, maybe someone walked out on you. Maybe a parent walked out on you and left you. Maybe you were molested as a child. Maybe you were a young girl that was raped by your father or from a relative. We all have stories of terrible things that happened to us in our past. But what happens is in that mind of yours, that thought activates these negative feelings which end up in your heart and your body becomes conditioned to that pain. In other words, it becomes chemically dependent upon the pain and the addiction that you went through when you rehearse it over and over and over and over again. And so the, the norm for you, what seems normal is to have that negative feeling. It seems normal to you. So you come to church and I preach to you and say, listen, you can change this. All you need to do is begin to set your mind on the things of Christ and, and meditate on it long enough until it departs into your heart and, and you change what is inside of you. And this creates what I call the healing of the memories, which I didn't always believe, but I believe it because God healed my memories, which is done by the Holy Spirit. A lot of people are the way they are because of what happened to them. And I'm telling you to renew your mind so that you don't feel that way anymore, so you don't have that terrible feeling that day of the month or that time of the year, that birthday, that anniversary, that time you were married, whatever it is. I'm saying that this struggle that you're going through, it's not going to be comfortable to change. Because you would rather slide back into the way you felt with that addiction or that negative feeling because it's, it's normal to you. It, it's, it's a normal thing to you. So many people will hear the message and then, hey, you know, I feel more comfortable here feeling alone. I feel more comfortable here feeling like I'm insecure. I feel more comfortable here having this fear because you've lived with it so many years. And we've all had it happen. Stand to your feet right now, and I'm going to minister this to you. This is what is called, I call the, the healing the memories that, that the Holy Spirit helps us with. The healer past. And you may not even be thinking about your past, but your body's chemistry is geared towards it. And that's why when you hear of certain things, you feel a certain way. And other people hear the same thing. They don't feel that way. I'll give you a little example of, a, of how this affects us. When I grew up, my parents raised me as a Catholic. This is no slam on Catholics, but they put me in a Catholic school with nuns. And the nuns that I had were, they seemed mean. And I'm convinced the reason why some of them are mean is because they should have gotten married. But anyway. 
But I remember I was, I was in my class and my sister was in another class. She was older. And uh, the teacher said, you can't come into the class until you tell me your memory verse. I said, I forgot my memory verse. She said, well, you go down, down the hallway there and you go to your sister's classroom and get the memory verse from your sister and don't come in here until your sister tells you the memory verse and you memorize it and come in. And I remember going to her class, interrupting it, getting my sister out and sharing what I had to do. And I remember coming back. And I, and I remember afterwards, I felt like I was so stupid. That is the lousiest leadership I've ever seen in my life. And it just, for years, I felt stupid. And every time somebody talked about being smart, I had this feeling, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, because of things like that that happened in my life. But when I came to Christ, he gave me the mind of Christ and gave me the revelation. Listen, when I was in school... I wouldn't have passed school if it wasn't for my wife or Joyce. You know, we were dating, and she did all my homework for me. <laughs> I would have flunked out completely. But when I, went, when I got born again and went to, went to Bible school, I got straight A's. I got one B one time because the teacher was wrong. Now I'm smart, not because of me, but because of Christ in me. But there, there needs to be this healing of your mind. This healing. I want you to throw your hands up right now, and I'm going to pray. Father, I'm praying right now, everyone here, Father, we've all had our moments of disappointment, those moments of setbacks, those moments when we when we were embarrassed, those moments when someone made fun of us, those moments when what we really desired didn't happen and people laughed at us and they mocked us and we experienced pain. And some of you have a level of pain that is so bad it makes me cry when I think about it, that you were abandoned as a child, your father, your mother walked out on you or someone that you trusted took advantage of you sexually. I can't even imagine the pain that that is in that thought. And I'm asking right now about the name of Jesus, the holy name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would begin to wash your thoughts, wash your mind right now and remove that from you and give you the feeling of love, giving the feeling of joy, giving your, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You call us to greatness. You call us to overcome. You call us to be able to go through the fiery furnace and come out not a smelling like smoke. You call us to be able to remove mountains. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, Lord, I give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that loved him said amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.